We're so glad you've joined us. Right now, it's Barry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. We are so excited to have Claire with us today. She's 19 years old and God has called her into the mission field. It was just like three years ago when she decided to give her whole self to Jesus. And, you know, this limited life that we have, however long it is, she's going to spend it serving him. So she's heading to the Middle East and we're excited to have her with us today. First of all, thank you for getting up at Darko 30 and being here this morning. (laughs) Definitely. It's worth it for sure. Yes. We're excited to hear your story. And just to get to know a little bit about you, did you grow up in this area? Kind of. I grew up majority in Portland, Michigan, which isn't too far from here. But the last Roughly 10 years. I've been in good old Hudsonville, Michigan. Nice. Yeah. Gotcha. And did you grow up in a Christian home or what was kind of like your growing up story and as it relates to faith? Yeah, I would consider myself growing up in a Christian home. And pretty much just the, the length of my testimony is that, yeah, I grew up in a Christian home, moved into Hudsonville, kind of, you know, we had some things happen in our family. And so kind of church hopped a little bit. And then once, you know, getting into the rhythm of public school, because I was actually formerly homeschooled. So shout out to all the homeschoolers out there. But um, yeah. <laughs> the great, great days. But got into, got into public school, you know, pretty much ended up getting tangled up with the world and stuff of the world and kind of just know how that goes. And had always considered myself a Christian. Had considered myself like, oh, yeah, like I believe in Jesus. He's my savior. I'm going to heaven all of this stuff while I was doing everything that mm. wasn't in accordance to a Christian life. Um, and I'm not saying I was like this out here gangster or anything, but yeah. you know, um, <laughs> not but, too many gangs in <laughs> Hudsonville. Yeah. Um, pretty much uh, where the Lord called me back deeply. It was actually during like the COVID lockdown that started. It was my, the end of my sophomore year. And there was just this one night where I was like, am I really going to heaven? Like, am I really saved? Like, I'm sure we've all had those thoughts of like, you know, how do you, how are you, how do you know for sure? All this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was going through that like a really late night because stayed up late, like every night because <laughs> of COVID. Yeah, I was going through that a really late night and pretty much did what I knew how to do as a 16 year old. I looked up a YouTube video and I was like, what do I do? Because I could not fall asleep. And yeah, that pretty much led to me finding out that verse in Matthew 7, I believe it's 22 through 23 where Jesus says um, to his disciples, many of those will come to me in those days saying like, do we not cast out demons? Do we not prophesy and all this stuff? And the guy in the YouTube video is just sharing like, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, like that's kind of how it's going to end up for you. And I didn't know any of that. Like no one had really, if someone told me that I was totally closed off, (laughs) but yeah. And then from then on, Holy Spirit just straight up convicted me of everything I was doing and just Mm -hmm. turned from that. And I knew in that moment that I was like different in like all the desires, like sinful desires, the stuff that I was previously doing, like was completely wiped and I didn't want to do anything like Mm. that anymore. Yeah. And I woke up and came clean to my mom and I was like, I'm so whatever, but um, she was so forgiving. And yeah. And then just started my faith walk with the Lord pretty much that next day and felt like a completely different person and Mm. just knew kind of had an early revelation of you know, I'm only 16, but like my life is so temporary and best case scenario, I've got 80 years, maybe, you know, maybe more, who knows. But that compared to the eternity of the kingdom of heaven is so short. It's like a speck in the wind, you know, like it's just, it's nothing in comparison to the glory and the time like that. We can't even count the infinity of heaven. 
And so I was like, what can I do with my life that's actually going to make that's going to make an impact on the kingdom of heaven? Because that's where I'm going to be majority of my time, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> dude. can I just push pause real quick? You were 16 at this time. How old were you at this time? I was 16. Yes. You're 16 at this time. And you had the wisdom to see the big picture of all of eternity and to consider, you know, yeah. what do I want to do with my time and how do I want to? live my life because it's not just about my 80 years here or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. We're talking with Claire and I love your story because the Lord gave you a new heart. Mm-hmm. We need a new heart to do the will of God. And that's what he did for you. And it's, it's so awesome to, to hear your story. And now, you know, when God gives us a new heart, it's, it's a heart that beats God so loved the world. What I want to know, Claire, is the Lord just put this call in your heart to go to reach people that haven't had a chance to hear the gospel. I don't know if there was a moment when you knew this is for me, this is my mission, or there were moments, but uh, take us to the moment or the moments that God just spoke to you and said, I want you to follow me to the Muslim world. I would say it definitely was an ongoing thing from what I mentioned uh, last time was just realizing that when I gave my life to the Lord, that like our life is so temporary and what can we do with it to just advance his kingdom. And I specifically really didn't feel a call or a pull to, you know, pursue things like college or careers, which I definitely believe the Lord calls people to that. But me personally, I was always dotting around and I was like, what do I do? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And then give my life to Jesus. And I was like, Oh, um, specifically, the verse in uh, Matthew six thirty three talks about like, seek first the kingdom, all of this will be added unto you and seek his righteousness. And so that's kind of like a big verse that motivated me to be like, what am I like seeking? Mm. And also when I was, this was the 2020 to 2021 new year, before I had gone on my first mission trip to Zambia, which was that following summer, I had asked the Lord for a verse for my year and he gave me John 2021, which is where Jesus says to his disciples, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Mm. And so I knew the Lord was sending me. I wanted to focus my life on advancing the kingdom and it kind of ended up looking exactly like missions. Mm. Um, Started as a short-term thing. And then once I was in Zambia, I realized that like, you know, going hut to hut and sharing the gospel with people who, you know, were so different than me, but so more receiving than the people I'd ever talked to. I was Mm. like, why would I not spend my life doing this? Like, it's just amazing. And then pretty much decided on doing a really cool uh, missions training program with Overland Missions. And that was all well, amazing. But the mm-hmm. decision process to get into that, pretty much I had just asked the Lord kind of like where he wanted me to go for it for the first half. And he pretty much put on my heart that, you know, the Middle East, because I had found out that through the online researching, thank you, Google, that the Middle East is over 90% all Muslim. And I was like, what? Like who, no one talks about this. At least to me, no one did. And then just realizing, looking more into what really Islam is of how it's kind of, you know, very obviously traditionalist. And then there's legalistic sides to it and just how it's not a relationship with the father. It was motivating enough to be like, okay, i definitely want to go there because like people need it there mm-hmm. um, and people need it everywhere. But it's like the fact of, I've experienced seasons of like trials of going through legalistic mindsets and stuff like that. And it's really not that fun. You're kind of enslaved to yourself and what you're like telling yourself. And so I definitely know how hard it can be. 
in that type of way. And I'm sure it's so much more because it's very intense. And so just the fact of knowing that there's people out there that, you know, are considered unreached and need to hear the gospel and the fact that Jesus died for them. So, yeah. And with Muslims, there's this point system, you know, they, they feel like they have to do a lot of things Mm -hmm. to earn God's favor. And that's something I can relate with. And I hear you saying you can relate with that too. Like we've got to be a good Christian to get God to love us. And it just, it finally broke your heart that, you know, there are people that are just working so hard for heaven when they can just receive the gift of Jesus. Now, this is a long-term assignment, but it's not your first time stepping into missions. You were in Zambia Mm -hmm. a little bit. Tell me about that mission trip. Yeah, so that was um, the summer of 2021. Very big highlighted testimony from that trip. So it was our last day going hut to hut and just sharing the gospel, which Zambian culture is very hospitable. So you just walk up to someone's house or um, land or whatever, and they'll just get out their little wood stools and, you know, mm. like ask, like, why are you here? White people mm. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. And then we share the gospel with them. And so many times someone will like receive the Lord or prayer, just be so wow. open to it. But this one particular story, we approached a pretty really nice house for Zambia and went to the back and there was a young man who was like working and he, you know, sure enough, you know, uh, got us some seats and was like, what do you want to talk to me about? name was Benjamin, is Benjamin. And yeah, and kind of approaching the house, I was asking the Lord if like there was anything that he wanted to like tell me or, or whatever. And um, I pretty much got this picture in my mind from the Lord. And he was just speaking that like someone in this place or this family or who knows, I didn't really know who it was for at the time, but that someone had died in an unjust way. And like, it was just really crooked, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we approached the house, um, end up talking to this young man and share the gospel with him. He has a lot of questions, uh, very kind of not like argumentative, like mean, but had a lot of questions and doubts and probably some anger and hurt inside of him from the Lord. Um, and kind of during this process, he had a friend also come and sit and his friend heard the gospel too. And pretty much this conversation probably went on like going back and forth between different things about the Lord and different things about Christianity went back and forth probably three to five hours and we were just like talking with him and it was amazing. But uh, a leader that I was with at the time, she was like, you've got to make a decision. Like we can talk about this all day, but it comes down to like, do you want to receive Jesus or not? And he still couldn't make up his mind and he had still so many questions. And so then I gave way to the Lord for him to speak like what he was speaking to me and asked Ben if there was anyone in his family who died like unfairly or unjustly to him. And he said, yeah, my mom. Mm. And so witchcraft is very common in African culture, or at least in Zambian culture. And turns out there was something going on with that that happened to his mom and she ended up passing away. And so he was really, you know, sad and angry and probably angry at God. Yeah. And pretty much what the Lord just spoke to me to say to him was that it broke the Lord's heart too. Like he saw you, like you weren't like all of this stuff and just how it was as devastating to the Lord as it was to him. And he was like, he starts crying, which isn't a thing either in Zambian culture. Um, from what I've learned, it's they're more conserved, like with their emotions and very, you know, straight face, serious yeah. face people, which is totally fine. But he starts like crying and he's like, okay, I'll, I'll receive your God, like all this stuff. And so, yeah, him and his friend both received the Lord that day. And like, wow. we got to just like pray over them and just pour out God's love for them. And it was, it was amazing. And they ended up coming later in the week to like another Bible study. I don't know. It was like a Bible study leadership thing. And so it was just really amazing. I don't even, I'm sure the Lord has been using them in their village, like 
amazingly. I, I mean, I don't even know, but it was just a privilege to be a part of what God wanted to do in his life and just to be that gateway because it really wasn't anything that I did, but really just yeah. what the Lord spoke. And so it was amazing. It was a, it was amazing. Lord, thank you for setting apart Claire for this mission, mission of love to the Muslim world. Thank you that Jesus, you are at work in the world and you have invited us into that work. And we just praise you that you have called Claire to this unique mission and just put your spirit on her and pour your spirit through her in amazing ways. Claire, you've had some great stories along the way of of raising funds. And tell us about the $1,027 gift. What's up with that? Yeah. Um, so to kind of frame the whole story together, um, kind of early on during the fundraising season, God kept bringing me back and probably still really brings me back to um, a passage in all the gospels um, about the rich young ruler and how, you know, he approaches the Lord and, and pretty much he can't give up his possessions and all that stuff. Um, and he kept, he kept bringing me to that. Um, and I was like, what, is, what does this mean? Like, I'm so yeah. confused. Um, and God spoke to me on a bunch of different things. It would probably take me like an hour to talk about everything, but pretty much um, kind of capped a part of it together. I had a meeting with a with a friend um, about like partner partner development and all that stuff. And he like shared with him everything, and he ended up giving a gift of a hundred or a thousand twenty seven dollars. And he kind of explained like why and pretty much the Lord, it was totally obviously the Lord, um, but it's actually, he, it kind of resembled the, the verse in Mark, Mark 10, 27, um, which is after the passage with the rich, the rich young ruler and pretty much talks about that nothing's impossible with God, mm. um, which is really amazing because it was kind of like this full circle experience of the Lord speaking to me and kind of what my friend had just mentioned from the Lord was that like God can teach me how to sacrifice. Like he can, he mm-hmm. wants to teach me how to do those things and that like nothing's impossible with God, like all this fundraising and stuff. Um, Cause even like from, you know, going on a short term trip to then doing like a training thing to then doing it, like the, the amount to raise just goes up and up and up yeah. and it will go up <laughs> in the future. Like, you know, you yeah. need, it's kind of like a cash flow. The more that you increase is kind of goes up, but. Yeah. I, I just, what I hear you saying is that you want to know how to give everything to Jesus mm-hmm. The rich young ruler didn't do that, and that ten twenty seven mark ten twenty seven reminded you of that story, mm. and Jesus was saying two things to you: I can help you <clears throat> learn how to give everything up, and I can also help you raise everything that you need mm, yeah. so like two messages in that one gift, yeah, it was crazy beautiful and it's so beautiful how God allows us to be a part of what he's doing. Like we're so excited for you, Claire, and what the work that you are already doing and how God's working in your heart and how he's going to continue to work through you in a foreign land, bringing his love to people who feel bound by, you know, legalism and just all that is a part of the Muslim world. As part of her training, before she heads off into the mission field, there was um, a three-month time that she got to be in the Middle East. And God used you in incredible ways in that three months. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, I spent six six weeks in the Middle East and then uh, six weeks in Zambia. 
one of my favorite testimonies would be in the beginning of my time for the training thing. Uh, we got to like go out and just like meet people and everything like that. And I was praying in the morning before we had out headed out in the afternoon for the Lord to like show me anything or, or whatnot, just talking with the Lord. And I pretty much in my mind saw the word vision and knew this wasn't like a, oh, I have like vision, you know, like anything spiritual like that, mm-hmm. but that the Lord was relating specifically to like the fact of vision, like mm-hmm. eyesight. Um, and my first thought was like, oh, like an eyeglass place, like I'll keep a lookout type of thing. And it was very amazing because, you know, side note, like in reading the word, like we have to apply the word to really, you know, walk it out. Like we, you know, how it says like, you're forgetful here if you don't actually like do the word, which I'm sure like we all have ups and downs with, but pretty much before going out, I was like, I'm going to apply in scripture where the Lord talks about, I believe in Deuteronomy 31 somewhere where he talks about like, I, the Lord will go before you mm-hmm. like that. The Lord goes before us and like, he's already been to where we're going. And so I was like, okay, great. Because I can very much stress myself out and be overwhelmed. Like, you know, is this the right, should I turn right? Should I turn mm-hmm. left? Like, do I walk down this road or this road? Like, what if I miss it? Like, what if I miss what God said? Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty much just completely threw off that hindrance and was just like, well, whatever I, wherever I end up today, if God spoke what he spoke, I'll see it. Like mm-hmm. straight on point. Me and a couple others had parked the car and then we walked down this, uh, like we turned the street, keep walking down and we're like, oh, where should we go guys? And all this stuff. And I look to my left and sure enough, there's an eyeglass store. And I'm like, well, I've got a good, pretty good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and so then it was amazing because we actually go in there. It was just a perfect situation, like within the culture that we were in to talk with the lady behind the counter. And so we ended up striking off like an amazing conversation with her. And she was just so amazing, so nice and spoke perfect English, which was like a godsend because you don't see a lot of that all the time. It's it's frequent, but yeah, so we struck it off with her and uh, just talked and got to know her more. Um, And like I said, it was perfect situation and then actually ended up following up with her a couple of times and getting to know her more and her family, which was just like something the Lord had to do because we probably weren't going to walk into an eyeglass store. If anything, we were probably going to go to like a coffee shop or a restaurant, you know, like a more common thing. So it definitely was the Lord, you know, stepping in to, you know, get um, this lost daughter's heart and, you know, leave a seed or trail and anything with what that looked like. And she ended up inviting you into her home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's incredible. It was so fun. There's a worker there who's able to follow up with her Mm -hmm. and continue the sharing the gospel, planting those seeds. You got to be, the first person to share the gospel with her. You got to be a part of that. Yeah, pretty much when I was there, I really only got to, you know, kind of get to know her relationally, just with kind of the way that they go about things. Yeah, it was definitely amazing and definitely hope to reconnect with her, hopefully, Lord willing, like when I'm back. Um, So a lot of stuff will have changed before between then and now. And so I'm excited to see what God's been doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So Claire is, Claire's 19. She's from West Michigan, uh, you know, and, and Jesus said, pray that the Lord of the harvest would thrust out messengers into the harvest. And God has answered our prayer in Claire. Yeah. She said, here am I, Lord, send me. I'm willing to go to the Middle East to share the gospel with Muslims, to go back to this gal that you built a relationship with and continue to build a bridge of trust strong enough to hold the weight of the truth. Mm. And we just trust that she'll come into the kingdom but she'd like to be on the field and her team would like her on the field by mid-March. But she still needs to raise another $400 a month and has start off startup costs of $26,000. So if you can help in any way, we've had a number of people text in and say, I want to help Claire get there and mm-hmm. I'm behind her. And so just text text us and we'll, we'll connect you with Claire. 800 
Go clear, go. Hey, can we talk about Lent? Sure. It is coming up here. I mean, okay, let me back up a little bit. I used to think that Lent was a Catholic thing. You know, there's Fat Tuesday. They load up right before the obligatory fasting period starts. And then there's Ash Wednesday, which was also a Catholic thing where the Catholics participate in some kind of service that ends with a spot of ashes being put on their forehead. And then they can't eat meat or fish or something till Easter. I don't know. That was my understanding of Lent. And then, you know, my Christian friends started asking me what I was giving up for Lent. And I was like, that's a Catholic thing, y'all. I'm not giving up nothing. (laughs) But Lent is not just for practicing Catholics. Many Christ followers from like lots of different backgrounds are participating in Lent. And it's not about an obligation, but it's a way of drawing closer to the heart of God. So we fast from something for 40 days leading up to Easter to increase our spiritual hunger for God. That's pretty much what Lent is. And and a shout out, really, a shout out to our Catholic brothers and sisters for keeping this tradition alive and really taking it to heart because there's a deep, it can be a surfacey thing or just a ritual, but it it can also be a way to really draw near to Jesus and really prepare your heart for, you know, remembering what he did for us and the resurrection. So shout out to our Catholic brothers and sisters. That's right. And there's a ton of practices that we have in each of our own individual, you know, denominations that could be very rote, or could yeah. be very meaningful. Exactly. Every, <laughs> so, yeah. Every group yeah. has its, has its blind spots. But when I think about Lent and I think about kind of like the season and this 40 days of, um, you know, being intentional about leaning into Jesus and learning the things of Jesus. It kind of reminds me of when my kids were back at home and they were all athletes and especially in their high school days and in their college days as athletes, they were really intense during their in season to take care of their bodies, to get good sleep, to make sure that, you know, they'd give up pop during that time because it just didn't help them to perform well as athletes. Um, They'd eat less sugar. They would make sure that they were getting more protein. They would carb up the night before they had a competition. Um, They would take iron. You know what I mean? Just all these little things. It was greater intentionality and greater focus on what really matters. They would kind of disrupt their normal normal routine for better choices. And I kind of feel like Lent is that opportunity for us. Like we're in season, man, as Christians, this is our in season. And it's an opportunity to have a greater intentionality in our spiritual journey, just greater focus on our walk with God. And it's all in preparation for the greatest event in all of human history, which is the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I think the purpose of all this is just that the gospel would go deeper into our hearts. And I want that to be an all year thing. Yeah. But this is a, you know, this is a 40 day period where you can really focus on it. Our church did something with 21 days of fasting to begin the year. Yeah. Very similar thing. Kind of like a Lent pushed back to into January, but it's just, you know, push the gospel deeper into me. Lord, make me more like you created me a clean heart and a right spirit, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, we might not be willing to say, okay, for Jesus, I'm going to give up chocolate for the rest of my life, but for 40 days, I can do that. You know, I can do it 
if I know there's an end date to it. For the good of the people in my life, the Lord, I don't think the Lord's going to ask me to give up coffee, you know, because he knows, he knows how that will affect the people in my life. So he's thinking, I ain't making him give up coffee. It's (laughs) not going to happen. Well, Lent starts a week from today, February 22nd. And so in the next week, we've got time to really just kind of think about it, you know, consider how we might prepare our hearts for Easter and talk with God about it a little bit. And maybe it is coffee that you're supposed to give up. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you. Maybe it's social media for 40 days. Just take a break from it. I just met with a friend that I hadn't seen in a bit on Sunday. We were at the Super Bowl party together and she was saying that she gave up social media for like two years. She hadn't been on social media. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. So social media, maybe, or maybe it's just watching television. I don't know. But what can you do to disrupt your normal, to create an opportunity to spend time with God and to be more mindful of him in this season? Yeah. And that's the key right there. The time that you set aside, whatever you're giving up, let's say it's, you know, some kind of practice watching TV for a certain amount of time, you know, spend time with God. Yeah. You know, do something in place of, mm-hmm. let it turn you to God. Absolutely. So let's prepare our hearts to celebrate that Jesus rose from the dead for you and me. Thanks for listening to Barry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800 968 8930. That's 800 968 8930.